Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Aussie Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Pato. It's been a minute. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since my last podcast. I have been a bit flat out and there hasn't been a great deal that I wanted to talk about. I'm sort of trying to work out exactly what I'm going to do for my Spooktacular this year. I don't want to overcrowd you guys with reviews, but I still want to get some content out to you guys as well because I love Halloween and I'm quite excited about it, even though... <laughs> The Halloween film season is looking a little different um, this year around, of course, with COVID. But at the same time, I'm still excited to check out some horror films and talk about them with you guys. So I'm working out a way that I can still do that and I guess still talk about films that I want to talk about as well. I don't want to, you know, do films that I don't want to talk about. I I do want to find a nice balance. uh, And that's what I've been struggling with at the moment is just trying to find content that I actually want to talk to you guys about And I've seen three new releases in the past week and all three of them have been films that I was genuinely excited to talk about. So the first, and this is, I guess, the first of three reviews, but it's not any special segment, I guess. It's just three films that I happen to see that I want to talk about. The first is Scoob, and I'll be talking about that one in this uh, podcast here. Essentially, Scoob was a film that I probably wouldn't have seen on the big screen, if I'm being completely honest. I was lucky enough to receive a copy of it on Blu-ray. And yeah, it it really hasn't been on my hit list. It's something that I definitely... I don't know, I was intrigued by it because I do like Scooby-Doo and I'll get into this when I actually review the film, but I do like Scooby-Doo, but the film itself just looked really generic and it didn't look like something that I would normally go out of my way to go and have a look at. But... I've had the chance to see it. I've got some thoughts on it. So let's get stuck into it, I guess. Um, And the next two films I'll be talking about will be the brand new uh, Netflix sequel to The Babysitter with The Babysitter Killer Queen, a film that I was actually excited for. I don't like Mick G as a director. I think he's kind of a hack. He's sort of like a wannabe Michael Bay. And it sounds really horrible, but I just really haven't liked a lot of his films. I find them generic and they're really ugly to look at. But The Babysitter came out in 2017 and I just really enjoyed that film. I was like, more stuff like this, please, because you can actually do something with that. Um, So, yeah, I'll be talking about the sequel to that that he directed, which I'm excited to talk about as well. And Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is a film I genuinely was looking forward to seeing. I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, nearly as much as each other. Um, And I was excited to check out Bill and Ted Face the Music because, yeah, it's... I guess, a good time for this kind of movie to come out. And I know everyone's saying it because they're just two optimistic dudes, essentially. But I do, um, yeah, really, I guess, look forward to films like that. And I, I love Keanu Reeves. Alex Winter is also awesome. So I was genuinely excited to check that one out. But let's get stuck into this. That's a bit of an update on what's going on. Look forward to news, I suppose, coming out soon about my Halloween Spooktacular and I guess the format that that will be um in this year i like i said i'm still working out the logistics of what i actually want to do there i've been quite busy work and so much is just building up so i wanted to take the time to do this properly so let's get stuck into scoob first and then we'll we'll, we'll touch base again at the end of the episode on what else is going on but without further ado take it away a trailer Do you realize where we are? No. Look around, man. The clean, modern aesthetic, the cool blue color palette. We're in the Falcon Fury. Did you say Ikea? Nope, I said Falcon Fury, just like you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Shaggy and Scooby were taken? Yeah. 
this blue light came down from the sky and beamed them up. I, I can't. I, I can't breathe. I'd have to assume that if they were with their friends, they wouldn't have been kidnapped. Okay, can you skip the emotional punishment? What was some guy in Scooby and Shaggy? I don't know, but I'd like to shake the hand of whoever created this. And then, you know, throw that hand in prison for trying to kill our friends. This mangy stray's coming with me. He's not a stray. Okay, then. What's his name? His name's... Scooby. Middle name? Doobie. Last name? Doobie. Gentlemen, welcome aboard. This isn't about some guy in a rubber mask. I would have gotten away with this if it weren't for you meddling. This is about one of us. Where are my balloons, Didi? When I say Falcon Fury, that's supposed to cue the balloons. Oh, great, great timing. You might want to buckle up. Scooby-dooby-doo. Maybe this can lead us to our culprit. Jinkies. Apparently, he's been stealing Netflix by using his mother's account. <gasps> that is not fair for the rest of us who have to pay for Netflix. You have to pay for Netflix? Here we go. If you want, you can pull over and drop us off here. We'll walk home. I guess our new movie is an origin story. Every hero should have one. I want The Rock to play me. Never gonna happen. <laughs> All right, so Scoob was a... I guess it's a... It falls in that category of a soft of a reboot. It's not a soft reboot. It's just a general reboot. It's an animated film. The last time we saw Scooby on the big screen was a live action adaptation. This film was directed by Tony Cavone and stars Will Forte as Shaggy. Mark Wahlberg shows up as a character called the Blue Falcon. We have Gina Rodriguez playing Velma. Zac Efron plays Fred. And Amanda Seyfried plays Daphne. And then we have Frank Welker, of course, the legend, um, playing Scooby-Doo. And Jason Isaac shows up as the villain Dick Dastardly. Uh, Scoob follows Scooby and the gang as they face their most uh, challenging mystery ever, a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world. As the race to stop this dog apocalypse, the gang discovers that Scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone could have ever imagined. Um, yeah, like I said, I wasn't going to go and see this film. I have a bit of a weird relationship with Scooby-Doo. It was always a cartoon that was on TV that I would check out if I was bored. It was never something I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch Scooby-Doo. The Simpsons was that for me where I was so excited to watch The Simpsons every night. Like it, it, it was a part of my routine where Scooby-Doo on in the afternoon, it's, it's like, I'll check this out if I've got nothing else on because it's Scooby-Doo. Like I know the characters, I know, you know, the, the general plot. There's normally some weird ghost villain and they have to unmask the character. It's, it's the same plot for each episode. But they've really stripped that back in this film. This film really focuses on Scooby's adventures with the Blue Falcon. Now, the Blue Falcon is a completely made-up character from what I'm aware. I don't think he exists in any other Scooby-Doo mythology. I don't really know. Like, I'm not that familiar with the cartoon. 
But the Blue Falcon shows up as this, he's taken over from his dad. He's a superhero and he's got a team of superhero uh, friends and he's a bit of an idiot, but he's really egotistical. I actually really like the Blue Falcon and I think a movie about the Blue Falcon would have been pretty cool to exist outside of this Scooby-Doo uh, universe. And I don't know if that was their intention, if they're like, oh, we've got Mark Wahlberg playing the Blue Falcon. How about we do something with these characters? Because they're kind of fun. Um, the idea that their superhero is going after a bad guy. And I guess, you know, it's sort of a, a bit of a take on what the Scooby-Doo um, gang is like now. Like, you wouldn't really see these kids go after, you know, these villains. You would have superheroes go after them if that was the the world that they lived in, essentially. But I just found the, the combination of the two really didn't work for me. Essentially, Dick Dastardly, who is one of the Wacky Races characters too, which is really weird, another Hanna-Barbera character from the 1960s and 70s. Um, him and Muttley show up in this, which is just really random. And when I saw Dick Dastardly, I was like, that's the Wacky Races guy. That, that's really weird. Um, Jason Isaacs is fantastic, by the way. His voice just suits playing a villain. He's awesome all the time, so... And I think you can say that about most of the voice cast. Zach Efron really stood out to me. I was like, he's not a very good voice actor. He's doing a bit more voice acting at the moment on a few things coming up, so I don't know if that will help him improve, but he really didn't work for me as Fred. Um, but really, yeah, just, just isolating these plot elements and maybe making a film solely about the Scooby-Doo gang because the film just felt tonally inconsistent for me. A lot of the humour that they're going for is like modern-day Humor, there's a really cringy sequence where they're meeting up with Simon Cowell and Simon Cowell plays Simon Cowell and he really is the catalyst for the story and I'll explain that while I'm going through this. Essentially, they meet up with Simon Cowell because they're trying to work out how they can uh, brand Mystery Incorporated. They're like, oh, what do we do? And he's like, oh, I can sell you guys. You guys are fine, but I can't sell these two. Talking about Shaggy and Scooby. Then they do their best impression of the shallow song from <laughs> A Star Is Born. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, what? what is this? It was so cringy. Like, I actually genuinely cringed. And it takes a lot for me to do that in a film because normally a film that costs like $120 million to make, you expect a little bit more here. But they're obviously going off the fact that Warner Brothers owns A Star Is Born and it was quite popular a couple of years ago. So let's incorporate a few jokes regarding that. And I was like, oh, man, this does not work. This is really, really poorly done. And there's a few jokes. You hear them in the trailer about Netflix and it reminded me a lot of that uh, that cringy scene in Zombieland that I touched on last year where they start talking about Uber and they're like, oh, imagine if you had this idea um, where, you know, you, you drive people around and that they order you on your phone. And I was like, this doesn't work either because these jokes won't hold up in five years' time. And, yeah, they didn't work for me here. But essentially Scott, uh, Simon Cowell uh, pisses off Shaggy and Scooby and then they get kidnapped and then they end up teaming up with the superheroes. It's so convoluted, but... Um, Simon Cowell, yeah, works as the catalyst here. And I was like, Simon Cowell, like a, a Simon Cowell joke. We had one of them back in 2004 with Shrek 2. So it feels really out of place in 2020. I know he's still relevant, but it doesn't really work for me. I was like, this doesn't work. Um, and that was a part of the problem is that a lot of the uh, humor is played off like that. And it's a lot of pop culture references. It felt like family guy in that respect. And it just didn't work for me. I, I was just very disappointed. I was like, this is a missed opportunity because you have a character that everyone knows. You have Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo appeals to people from the 1960s all the way up until now because he's still on television. So you could really do something interesting with this character and you could have a bit of fun with it. The biggest 
problem with this film is that they they separate Scooby and Shaggy from the rest of the gang. Like, splitting up the gang is the worst possible thing you could do for a film like this. Their dynamic and the way that they play off each other is the it's the soul of Scooby-Doo. So I'm talking about this like I'm an expert, but I'm really not. It's just the the way that they, like, tried to make this film happen. It just feels really out of touch and it doesn't really work for me and I, I don't really understand why they did what they did. It just doesn't make sense to me and I'm a bit disappointed in that regard. I didn't want to love this film, but I would have liked to at least enjoyed it. I, I just didn't feel anything towards it. I just walked uh, away from it just thinking... What was that? That it, uh, it just felt really misguided. And it feels like you've got a bunch of people in the Warner Brothers office here where they were just sitting around. They're like, what can we do? What can we dig up? Oh, Scooby-Doo. Like, kids like Scooby-Doo, do they? They like SpongeBob. They like Phineas and Ferb. Do they like Scooby-Doo anymore? And I think that was part of the problem. I think they had an idea here and they, they wanted to mix that Scooby-Doo element with the, you know, the superhero craze at the moment because superheroes are popular too. So they tried to blend the two of them together and it just didn't work. Like, it, it just really didn't work. And I think they'll look at this as a, a real big missed opportunity. I just don't think it worked for a lot of people. Um, it has a talented cast involved, but it was just really not played for, uh, yeah, for, for the right audience. I just don't think the, that people will really resonate with this most recent adaptation. And I feel annoyed i suppose because i feel like this could have been an all right movie i I would have been fine if they did a bit of a spookier premise but they just didn't try hard enough with this and it's a shame because like i said there's talented people involved here but it just didn't work and i was quite disappointed in it and not that i was anticipating it like i said i probably would have skipped out on this one if i wasn't sent a copy of it on blu-ray but yeah, it just didn't work for me. And my partner loves animated films and she could not concentrate for this one. She was just out of it, like just not enjoying it. And I was the same too. I was just like, ah, oh, this feels like it's going for ages. And um, my partner said that to me. She's like, this is the longest animated movie ever. And I was like, it's really not. It's like an hour and 33 minutes, but it just feels like it's going for ages. Um, the visuals are fine um, as far as the, some of the animations really stilted. There was a couple shots that they actually played in the trailer as well. Um, where the the facial expressions looked really they they looked really poor. Um, the way they were shot too it was like a bit further away from the character's face. And I, I, by shot, I just mean that the way that it was framed, it just didn't look right to me. And it was kind of disappointing as well because I don't know. You could do a lot with the idea that these films are animated now. Like you can do so much with it. You can recreate things. You could do some really cool character designs. But everything just felt like it was very bland the environments themselves, even the villainous plot as well. Like there was no unmasking of the villain because we knew the whole time that it was Dick Dastardly and Muttley from um, Wacky Races. We knew they were the villains because we established that very early on and it just felt really poor and it just didn't work for me. And it was a real shame because I think that you can do something interesting with Scooby-Doo and I think you can have a bit of fun with it. But I know that there's a lot of fans out there of that original Hanna-Barbera character, and I know that people really still do like that cartoon. People know it, so you could appeal to multiple generations, and you just didn't, and it was a real shame. And I I like certain aspects of it. There was a few moments where I was like, I like the camaraderie between Shaggy and Scooby. It's still there. They still have good chemistry. Frank Welker is awesome, still a Scooby-Doo after all these years. He's still amazing. But it was just the combination of all these elements that just didn't work together. 
I would rather go back and watch those live action films. I don't love them, but I would rather watch them than watch this most recent adaptation because I just feel like it's misguided and it feels like it was made by people who don't really want to make a a Scooby-Doo film for Scooby-Doo fans. They want to update the material, which I can understand. But if you're going to update it, update it for the better, not for the worst. And here they try to add in the superhero element because superheroes are popular at the moment and, you know, mixing Scooby-Doo in that universe, it just doesn't really work. And there's pop culture references, like I mentioned, Simon Cowell, Netflix. These things already feel outdated and I just don't see them holding up. So Scoob is not something I'm going to recommend anyone see. I just feel that it was misguided and a, a poor attempt to bring a very beloved character to the modern age of cinema. It just didn't work for me. And it's a real shame because I can see the makings of a good film in there. Like I said, I really did enjoy uh, Mark Wahlberg as the Blue Falcon. He's this bumbling idiot. He's real egotistical. And I was like, you can have a bit of fun with that, but you don't really use it here. And I think it's really out of touch here. If it's a Scooby-Doo origin story, which they focus on for about 10 minutes of the film, um, you could really show how these, I don't know, the gang on their first mission, maybe on their first mystery together. That would be really cool. And I would like to see that rather than seeing them team up with a team of superheroes to take down Dick Dastardly, a supervillain. Like it just... It didn't work. It felt misguided. It just didn't click. Uh, the elements are there, just not gelling together, which is a shame. To my verdict, Scoob waits its lovable characters on a bland, by-the-numbers story that really could have featured any group of characters and not the beloved Scooby-Doo gang. So I'm going to give this one a 3 out of 10. Like I said, guys, I think that if you want entertainment for younger ones at the moment, there's better things out there revisit um, other films as well. I I just feel that at a more recent animation output, this is one of the weakest ones I've seen. And it's part of the problem with me reviewing an animated film because I know I'm not the targeted demographic. But at the same time, it's a beloved character that does appeal to multiple generations. So I feel like my opinion is somewhat valid. Um, But yeah, Scoob, don't, don't watch it. Watch anything else but Scoob. Um, But yeah, this brings this review to a close. But like I said, I'll I'll be working on certain things for my Halloween Spooktacular. I'm still working out exactly what films I'll be touching on this time around. Um, I I do want to talk about, I guess, more influential horror films. I'm not going to do as many films that are, I guess, your typical, um, I I don't know, not not typical Halloween viewing, but, but more films that mean a lot to me in the genre that I haven't really got a chance to talk about. I don't want to talk about each of the Halloween sequels. I've done a bit of a talk on Halloween 1 and Halloween 2018 as well, but I would like to talk about other films like The Exorcist, for instance, or The Shining. These films are very important to me and my love for cinema, so I would like to talk about more of those types of films rather than, you know, just disposable horror films. I... Would still like to review a couple of bad ones. Um, I have some ideas for doing that. Uh, Like I said, I love the month of October and leading up to Halloween. It's a lot of fun. Um, And I guess because 2020 is going to be a very different Halloween for a lot of people, it might be a good idea to put up my recommendation. So look on my Facebook and Instagram as well because I'll keep some of those recommendations up to date as well just to keep you guys in the loop of what I'm looking at doing. And yeah, just having a bit of fun with it too, I guess, Um, bringing back the fun aspect of doing reviews for films. So thanks all for listening and until next time, guys, peace out.